Welcome to New Rules Old Friends, where we share our regrets, most embarrassing mishaps, and lightbulb moment discoveries along the path. No mess up is totally wasted if you learn from it. Okay, cool. Good morning. Hello. Hi. <laughs> I really love doing coffee morning podcasts. Yeah, it's it's definitely a better time to get us than wine podcasts. Yes. Although the only problem is sometimes I'm like, what if I have to poop in the middle of the podcast? <laughs> mm, I went before. Morning coffee. <laughs> <laughs> if I like start signaling to you and I'm like, keep go a long-winded one. Keep going. You know. <laughs> like, no, people, I really don't uh, monopolize the conversation. Sometimes Elizabeth <laughs> just has to poop. I'm just covering for her. I'm just covering for my friend. Oh my gosh. It's fine. Um, oh, so, all right. I'm just going to talk about poop. I don't know if I've talked yeah. about this before, but obviously you and I, are, we talk about poop all the time. We think it's hilarious. Our families have very uh, minimal humor, I feel, because yeah, our very humor is all about names and swear words and poop. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, that's basically it. So, when David, my husband, and I started hanging out with some of our friends, Matt and Priscilla, they don't talk about poop at all. And they're like in a committed relationship and they still had never talked about poop. And we went on a vacation with them. And I like walked outside in the morning and Matt was smoking a cigarette or something on the front porch. And I sat down and I just told him how great my morning poop was. And he was like, he told Priscilla later, he's like, all right, I love Elizabeth, but you cannot pick up this habit from her. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> and now she's always telling me because she's pregnant, and she's like, she's like, Liz, I don't know what to do because we have one bathroom, and weird stuff happens to your body when you're pregnant, and I can't poop, but I can't tell them about it, so I don't know what to do. <laughs> oh my gosh! Can you even imagine trying to be in a marriage like that? No, or a serious all. relationship that would no. kill me. I know. How could you not talk about poop? But I don't know. And I mean, does she realize she's going to poop in front of him when she goes into labor? Oh, I don't think that they've ever talked about that. <laughs> well, you should probably just not tell her. It'll just, it'll traumatize him, but he'll never tell her. Yeah. But it'll happen. He'll see it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. They're very, I, God bless them. God bless them. <laughs> but yeah. I couldn't do that. I probably remember I could be that classy. Right? Yeah. That's what David tells me all the time. He's like, you're a nerd and you're not classy. And I'm like, but you married me. So <laughs> you're a nerd and you always poop. And you're always pooping. <laughs> Actually, this is a great segue into my topic. <laughs> great. I'm just going to talk about poop all episode. This is the, the great poop episode, people. The great poop episode. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> um, How are you going to segue this? I'm, I'm intrigued. <laughs> well, because my topic today is called follow your gut. And I feel like, you know, if your gut hurts, then maybe it's because you have to poop. So <laughs> <laughs> that was my segue. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. So I feel like I have um, had sort of like a life rule for a long time where I realized 
I think I have very good intuition, so I don't know if it's just me and I'm just being very boastful right now or if this is normal. So I need you to tell me like if you've had the same thing. But for me, when I start getting into uh, like, you know, maybe I start crossing the line a little bit with someone or I start entering a uh, conversation that's going to be very difficult. I always, I can feel it in my gut. And Mm -hmm. All the times I've made bad decisions in life, <laughs> I've not listened to my gut and I've just went and did something anyway or I said something anyway, mm. you know, or something. But I really do almost have a bodily uh, reaction that's trying mm. to tell me, like, don't do this, right? This mm-hmm. is going to be difficult or this is a really bad idea. And so I have realized, though, when I listen to my gut and I go with it, I usually avoid those situations. So it's. Mm. It could be it could be work, you know. It could be when I was dating people. <laughs> it could be friendship, you know, like friendships. Exactly when you're like angry texting someone and you know you shouldn't send it, but you're just going to anyway. Yeah, <laughs> all of those things. So I feel like that's something that I've really been trying to apply. Do you feel like you've ever felt that in the same way, where it's like almost a bodily gut? kick telling you, Hey, be careful or don't do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I think more I'll feel a gut when it's telling me to do something. I don't know that I feel a gut check as much when it's telling me not to, um, or maybe I just am not listening to that. But see, that's, that's, it's the same thing where it's Mm -hmm. like, if you're following your gut to do something, it's still that, that same premise of sometimes it's, you don't know why you're feeling that way, but I, I don't know if you could say it's some sort of intuition that we have um, or whatever, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like when I follow my gut, whether it's like saying something to someone um, or, or doing something a certain way or switching something up, like I just feel like really at peace about it. Yeah. And I have this like confidence that no, this is the right thing to do. Exactly. Exactly. So I feel like I've been um, relying on my gut a lot over the summer. And it, mm. it's been more, I think, work stuff than anything else. Yeah. Um, You've had an intense summer with work. I have had an intense summer with work. Yeah. Um, but it's good. I really like my job, but it's a lot. And there's a lot of politics with it right now. And... I, I think I've actually just really been able to navigate a lot of difficult conversations and situations without without any bad fallout. So That's awesome. I know. But it's something where in the past I would have, you know, maybe done what I wanted instead of really followed my gut or paid less attention to what's going on and maybe would have ended up in a a shitty situation. So <laughs> unintended. <laughs> So that's one half of my topic today. I'm just going to lay it all out there and then we can go back to it on either side. Yeah, I like it. So the other half of my topic is I've realized over the summer too that if I just listen to my gut for eating, Mm -hmm. then I'm actually going to be eating more of the correct portion, the correct food. I've been feeling so good recently. I feel like I've – 
like I just feel so comfortable in my body in a way that I haven't felt in a really long time. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, you know, I'm not dieting. I'm not doing anything like that, but I'm just listening to my gut for when I want to eat. So what about working out? Um, I mean, I just don't stress. Oh, I have been working out. Is that what you mean? Well, no, like, um, I think sometimes when I'm not in a good balanced place with food, it's also connected to exercise. Like I'm exercising too much and it's like this bad cycle, Mm. but it's really hard to get out of it while working out. Um, because you're eating too much, you mean? Yeah. Like, well, or I'm just like, there's a lot of, like, I'm starving. Like, my appetite's jacked up. I, and then I like eat and then I feel bad. And then I'm like, oh, I shouldn't eat that because I just worked out. Or, you know, like, it's, it's a lot of like, it kind of clouds my, my gut, like my gut voice, you know, of what I really want to do or eat. And it, but it's hard when you're in like a strict workout regimen because yeah. then you're not really listening to your body about the working out either. Right. So well, how do you do it? Like, are you still working out the same or did it also start to kind of like, you're more chill about the working out? I think that's it. I'm more chill about the working out. I'm actually listening to my body. So mm-hmm. if I need to sleep, then I don't go work out in the morning. Mm-hmm. If I'm sore, I don't work out. If I feel like I need to go on a run, then I'll do it three days in a row if I need to. Like, But it's yeah. not regimented anymore. So I think you're completely right because that was the same thing for me. And I used to work out every single morning at 530 and I did these super intense workouts. And then you're right. Like I'd be starving all day long. I had to eat so much food. It was just insane. And then you feel bloaty and like, and then you have to work out to feel better. And yeah, exactly. And it's just a really bad cycle. Mm -hmm. But I feel like now that I've de-stressed about having to work out, then my body has also de-stressed. I think that's also part of it. I think there's such a strain, a true stress on your body when you work out that much that's actually more negative for it than positive. Oh, yeah. You know, because we talk about stress at work or in life as being so bad for your health. I think Mm -hmm. that stress on your body from working out incorrectly can be the exact same negative pattern. And because think about like, Stress, negative stress in your life. Well, I think all stress is negative, but anxiety, yeah. That it causes what the drug cortisol, which is when people start, it causes fat around your belly, right? So, why wouldn't stress, like incorrect stress from working out, also cause cortisol to be created in your body and then cause fat around your belly? Yeah, right. Well, that, and that's what I'm trying to say, I guess, is that if you think about it, it really makes sense that stress mm-hmm. is stress, right? If it's from your brain or from your body, it's still there. Yeah. So, yeah, I always, um, so like, I always learn this when I have a baby <laughs> because it is like kind of like a reset for your body. Um, and actually, it's it's crazy you were thinking about this too because literally last week I was pulling out my – so all my kids went back to school. So I don't know how many of our listeners have kids or, or don't have kids or if their kids are little or older or whatever. But as one of the things I've loved about having kids that are getting older and are in school is it really is like a fresh start 
you know, with this, with the new school year, it's like, just like when you went to college, you know, and it's like a whole new, new year, <laughs> like you have mm-hmm. like a chance to reset and kind of have some good goals and reflect on what you want. And it's, it's awesome. It's a great feeling. Yeah. You have a whole new routine to put in place, you know? Um, and so I was looking back at my calendar from last year and my journal and like what I had kind of, um, like my goals for last year. And it was so funny. I was sitting down and, and making goals for this year and I'm, I'm due to have a baby in like four weeks. And, um, consequently <laughs> my goals are very like flexible, like yeah. not sure what is realistic, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause you never know if you're going to get a great sleeper or a great eater or a baby who just wants you to hold them all the time mm-hmm. and doesn't know what to do with themselves when you put them down. Like I've had all of them. I've had all the types. Um, and I'm really convinced it's nature, not nurture. So they come out the way they come out and you just got to roll with it. Yeah. Um, but it was crazy because I was looking back to last summer and I was like, wow, like I was not pregnant. I was months away from getting pregnant. And yet I was not happy with myself physically. And I was so hard on myself. Like I didn't feel like I was sleeping enough. I didn't feel like I was working out right. I felt like I was, I was just stressed about like, I was anxious about dumb stuff. And I honestly, Mm -hmm. I mean, to, to allow grace in the situation, I feel like, um, it was definitely connected to the pandemic stuff. Like you, you were seeking a sense of control, right? Yeah in a time when there is zero control to be had. Right. Right. <laughs> um and I I just was like, well, I think I I misplaced a lot of that anxiety and stress into my workout because that was the only outlet that you really had last year. Even now, I mean we're kind of going into like a second lockdown here. Not yeah. lockdown, but it's like they're trying to put the mask mandate in even for vaccinated people again and it's it's right. just like the the tension is really palpable. Yeah. It's going on in our school. It's going on in my neighborhood. Like it's just a lot of anger and drama and fear, you know? Right. Right. Cause you don't know, like we're, we're on the cusp again. We're not really sure what's going to happen. You're losing control again. Yeah. So I agree with you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you can look at other nations like the UK already like Delta went through it and it's gone. It's it, like peaked and it went down and it was like a six week thing. Mm -hmm. So I think we're three weeks in. So hopefully it'll get better, but it could get worse. You know, I mean, you just never know. Like this is, it's just one thing after another. But anyway, I, I was, I do think that I misplaced a lot of that anxiety and anger and frustration and I directed it at my body and I had all of these really unrealistic metrics and it's exactly what you were saying. I wasn't listening to my body and just doing what felt good on a day-to-day basis. I had, oh, well, I have to lift weights three times a week or else I'm going to lose ground in my game. I have to run four times a week or else I'm going to not be able to run well. And I have to hit this mileage goal and I have to do that. Like it had nothing to do with how I felt or anything, even sleep. Like I was so mad at myself about like the hours I was sleeping. And so I convinced myself to feel exhausted. Because I was like, I'm not sleeping enough. Whereas right now, I could not tell you I have to get up to pee like four times every night because <laughs> the baby's like low. And um, 
I just, any slight pressure when I wake up, I'm like, I got to pee, even if I peed like an hour and a half before. Yeah. But I truly feel so much more rested because I'm not paying attention. I'm not obsessing over how much I'm sleeping. You're not stressing about how much sleep you're getting. I just wake up and I'm like, okay, I'm good. If I need a nap later, I'll take a nap. No big deal. And then, so would you do the same though, where you're like, okay, I'm going to lift and I'm going to have 25 grams of protein or whatever. And like, I have to eat 30 minutes after I work out or else I'm not getting the benefits and doing all that. Yeah. I used to do the same thing. And then, and that's why I'm like, okay, I know there's a lot of people that go into exercise science and all this stuff. And this is really just me saying what feels good. But what I've realized is summer is not stressing about my workouts. So prioritizing my sleep and my keeping stress low in my life has really helped me. Not stressing about my food. Like sometimes I'll wake up and I always had to have breakfast, you know, Mm -hmm. but I've started skipping breakfast sometimes because I'm not hungry. Or like for dinner, I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to have a lot of watermelon because that's what really sounds good to me right now, you know? It's not like, okay, I have to have my protein and my vegetables and this. And you're going to beat yourself up and feel guilty and gross afterwards if you don't do what you think you should do. Yeah, exactly. Like then you feel guilty. So I don't know how – now I will say my caveat because I was thinking about this because I feel like I don't want this to come across as like, oh, just do whatever you want to (laughs) do. Because that's not what I'm trying to say, right? I think that my body really craves healthy food. Mm-hmm. And so now that I've just started listening to it and not listening to um, – you know, Not telling it what like, to crave. Exactly. Like yeah. just listening and being like, this is actually what I – you know what? This is a bigger serving size than normal, but that's what my body wants. Or this is a smaller serving size than normal, and that's what my body wants. You know, like mm-hmm. I don't have to eat everything on my plate or I'll – it's weird that I've been e- eating a watermelon once a week, but that's what my body wants. I don't know. <laughs> like seriously, we've had so much watermelon this summer. I'm obsessed. But that, that just listening to your gut and – I mean, sometimes my gut tells me I need a whole bowl of Cheez-Its, but. <laughs> I think it balanced. No, well, exactly. I, really, I agree though. I think so. And this is every time I've had a baby, if I go into postpartum, like, well, the first like month I'm totally just in baby land, you know, just sleeping, taking care of the baby. And you mm-hmm. do lose a lot of water weight right away. You lose a lot of, um you know, let's say you gained 30 pounds and your baby's like nine pounds. I mean, the baby plus the placenta plus all the water, like you're, you're usually down halfway after about a month. Um, but then like the temptation is always to like get impatient with your body and try to whip it into shape and Mm -hmm. be like, I'm just going to get stricter and I'm going to track what I'm eating and all this stuff. And every time, like I've had to learn the hard way that it doesn't work that way for me. I, Mm -hmm. it will, my body just, I swear I, my metabolism slows down. I hold on to calories. That anxiety affects my sleep and my hunger levels and my appetite. And it, it really self, it does not work that way for me. Some people, maybe some people I'm sure out there can 
can just track their calories and not think twice about it, but I am not that person. Um, and it's only been when I literally was not even paying attention at all. Like I was just happy and busy and doing what felt good, whether that was a long walk or maybe it was a Pilates session, or maybe it was lifting weights, or maybe it was just not working out for a week and instead focusing on the baby and eating and just being busy and happy. Um, like I, that's always when it falls off and I don't have to think about it. And and I, it was interesting because I was like looking back, yeah, like last year I was so disciplined and I had all these great, like I was so obsessed and focused on it and I did not feel good about my body. Yeah. Like I didn't look bad. Um, I didn't gain like a ton of weight, but I was a solid five to eight pounds heavier than I am really comfortable being, which does affect if you're a girl, I feel like that that's enough to affect how you feel in your clothes. Oh, definitely. How they fit you and just it's just slight, slightly just dis- uncomfortable. Um, but it is enough to not make you feel good. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just had the same thing where I was like, gosh, like I knew last year. So this is my question for both of us. <laughs> Cause I asked myself this question. I still don't really know the answer. <laughs> um, but I knew last year that I wasn't balanced. Like I, I was, I kept trying to achieve balance, but the way I was trying was like looking at the metrics and being like, I need to have eight hours of sleep and I need to have, you know, eight glasses of water during the day. And I must have this amount of protein and then I'll feel balanced, you know? Right. right. Um, but I also like, I knew, I, I knew I was not in the place that I wanted to be in. And it, it's not like shocking to look back and be like, oh, well, it's because I was str-. like, I, I did know that I did know that was going on. But it's one thing to know it, and it's another thing to reset yourself. And like for me, pregnancy really reset me because I couldn't live like that. I like you can't when you're pregnant; it just doesn't work that way. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. the thing that you should eat, it like just makes you want to throw up. So you have to just listen to your body, and it's a really great, um, it's a it's a really great like boot camp for doing that for nine months because you're not, no matter how healthy you are, or great like. Or how many people compliment you? Like you don't feel like you're doing it for bodily results. Like it's just about you know how you feel in the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so my question is like, when because I'll I definitely am like you where I'll realize oh wow like I'm in this great place I feel so good this is so mm-hmm. nice mm-hmm. that's awesome. But what happens when you realize you're not in a good place? How do you snap out of that? Like how do you – if it's like a self-perpetuating cycle, like we were saying with working out, I don't know that the answer is to just stop working out because you still are going to feel bad and stressed and you do need an outlet. Um, And I don't think the answer is just eat junk because you are going to feel gross from that too. But like how do you – what baby steps can you do if you find yourself in that position, which we will again, like you will again. Oh, yeah. I will again. Like I will get to a place where I'm like, ooh, I don't – I'm like stressing out too much about dumb things and it's affecting how good I feel in my body. Yeah. But like what do you – what are some practical ways that like when that happens to us, yeah. how do we snap out of it? How do we – what are some things that we can do to not keep perpetuating the bad cycle? So that's a good question, and it's a hard one to answer because I've only snapped myself out of this once. Mm-hmm. Like if I think about it, I've been in this bad cycle for many years with 
work and not sleeping and having to work out and food and stuff, you know, like that's been a very long time. So it's really Mm -hmm. just been this summer that I'm like, oh, yeah. (laughs) But I think if I look at triggers so that in the future, I would know I'm back in the bad cycle. It'd be when you start negotiating in your mind, like trading off I can't do this because I have to do this. Mm. But not in a – I mean, obviously, there's always back and forth. But so I think I first started noticing it with um, hanging out with David at night. He doesn't like going to bed at 9.30, obviously. He's an adult. you know. Mm. But I was to the point where I'm like, I have to be ready for bed at 9.30 because I have to work out in the morning. And so I'd start – doing this balance of like, I can't hang out with him. I'm going to make us go to bed early because I, I need to work out, mm. you know? So it's like trade off like that or, or, uh, well, I guess I'm only going to get five hours of sleep tonight because I have to work out, you know? And then once you realize that you're doing these trades, negative trades, I'd say, I think the way to snap out of it is to, when you see that happening, okay, nope. Actually, I'm going to hang out with my husband tonight instead of prioritizing my workout in the morning. Actually, yeah. I only slept five hours last night, so I'm going to turn off my alarm and sleep all the way through so that I prioritize that over this other thing. What do you think of that? Yeah. No, I think that makes sense. Um, I'm also – yeah, I'm trying to think of like – so I read a book that I told – I you really need to read it, and we can talk about it more. Um, the book Exercised – Oh, I have it. Oh, you have it. Okay. So he, he talks about this, that like we are stressed, like we are exercised. Like one of the definitions in the dictionary for that is like just being like worked up. Like we're all worked up and bothered and stressed about exercise based on exactly what you said, like exercise science that says you must do blah, 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 blah. You have to do da, 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 da. Yeah. And um, his point was we're like getting fatter and fatter and unhealthier and unhealthier as a nation. Um, So he kind of tries to like – he's an anthropologist. So he kind of backs out the lens from this very narrow view of how you ought to live based on our very unique time in history and culture, right? Mm -hmm. He's like even nowadays, the majority of the world does not live like uh, the United States, yeah. So he was like, for us to say like, oh, we have to have these guidelines to live healthily. We're just, that's arbitrary. Like that's actually not looking at other nations. And there still is a majority of the world is not a first world country, actually. Mm-hmm. The majority of humanity is not living in the conditions we're living in where we have cars everywhere and we're all on computers. And like he was talking about how, yes, like it, it's interesting because, I mean, he does a ton of research into what the body does with exercise versus without exercise. And it is like undeniable, like your body needs movement every day. Mm -hmm. And we are in a unique time in history of humanity where like you work all day at a computer sitting and you're making a lot of money, but then you have to spend a lot of that money to like be on a treadmill or in a gym to get exercise so that you don't die young. (laughs) Right, right, right. And so your quality of life doesn't suffer. And it's really interesting because he also, um, like I always had kind of an issue. You and I both, we've talked about this. I feel like we've talked about it on the pod. But um, like the issue with lifting weights is it feels so artificial. Yeah, it's not sustainable. You can't like travel and lift weights. Like when you go to Key Largo, did you bring like a trunk full of weights to lift? No. 
Right, because I'm so cool. I mean, (laughs) but like it's people who do look obsessed. They don't look healthy. Yeah. It's not like it's it's not a balanced – it's hard. It's like how do you balance this? But what was really interesting is he um, talked about different cultures like like hunter-gatherer – like uh, because part of his job is literally going out to these very primitive hunter-gatherer cult tribes that still exist around the world. Yeah. And – researching and examining like how they're how they're living, how they're aging, what do they what are some unique challenges they face, what are challenges that they do not face that we all do now in our modern lives. Um and they overwhelmingly as they age, they don't have the same uh muscular degeneration that we do because like he talked about how we don't lift things ever in our daily life. Like we have grocery carts at the store. We have cars to take things places. We have elevators. We have, um, we don't have to like carry heavy items pretty much Mm -hmm. ever. And so that's where actually you do need to be lifting things because like, we're not digging holes to find food. We're not lifting jugs. Like he, he talked about women who in these cultures, like they lift these 50 pound jugs of water and hold them on their head and walk like five miles with them. Um, and like he couldn't even keep up with the 60-year-old woman doing that in the village that he was at. Yeah. And um, so it was really interesting because it was like, yeah, like we have to basically like your body does crave this type of movement. It does need it in order to age well and not lose a ton of mobility, um, which is true. Like my one of my buddies is a personal trainer and she was like, honestly, it's really been eye-opening to her and changed her workout goals seeing these. 50, 60 year olds who can't just lift their arms over their head. Like it oh, hurts. They they can't wow. do it because they weren't lifting weights and they were just living a normal life and it, and you lose all of this like ability without realizing it. Yeah. So um I, I don't know. That book is really helped. I think so I read it while I've been pregnant. I started it, wasn't it like in my first or second trimester they found it? I know you're talking to me about it when over Memorial Day weekend. Okay. So second trimester. So like the spring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was so fascinating because it really simplified exercise to me. Like it wasn't like about performance, which I think is dangerous for my temperament because I get competitive with myself and I get dissatisfied. And I think that restlessness and that dissatisfaction creates stress and anxiety. Yeah. If you go on a great run, but it's 30 seconds slower than your last run, then you're like, well, shit, like that was all. Or if you're always on social media and you're seeing people who are way faster and better than you are. Right. You know, it, that, that really, Um, I mean, I think a lot of this is social media problems. (laughs) Social media problems. Um, so, okay. So, I want to piggyback on what you were saying about exercise, right? I have the book. I started it. I haven't gotten very far. I need to. Um, And then we can talk about it more. But I think that a lot of what reset my mind was another book that I was reading this summer. So there's two. Last year, I read Run For My Life. Mm -hmm. And it's about this boy. um, He was one of the lost boys of Sudan. Yeah. And like every single day, there were so many boys at the camp and – they're like they're in a refugee camp, right? Mm-hmm. So there's nothing to do except for play soccer. But there were so many boys that you had to run the loop around the refugee camp before you were allowed to play soccer. And that's how they like tried to keep it fair. And so this boy ran 19 miles every single day without water. 
Like no food, no water every single day, 19 miles, right? And that's been sticking in my head. And then in Natural Born Heroes, it's a Chris McDougall book. And he's like the second book. It's, I don't know. It's the, yeah, sorry, the second book that I'm talking about. It's Chris McDougall. He wrote um, Born Born to Run and Running with Sherman. I love his books. This one's very Mm -hmm. ADD though. I'm not really sure where he's going with it, but he (laughs) is talking about how when the Nazis were in, they had taken over Crete. Okay. (laughs) Um, The Greek were, they were best set up for being able to overthrow the Nazis because of their mindset and because they were runners. So they would Mm -hmm. run ahead on this rocky terrain. And he's like, they would run entire an entire day only having an onion they found on the side of a creek and some water from the side of the creek, you know? And so I've been thinking about that. And I think this goes back to what exercise is saying too, where we have so many rules in our head where you have mm-hmm. to eat so many calories, you have to do this. But it's like, no, your body can do so much. And we're almost restricting it by creating these rules for it. So like, yeah. And I think that's also why I'm less stressed about stuff because there are some people who are like, you should never run fasted, right? Mm-hmm. Like you should always eat before. And I'm like, I don't want to eat before. And so I'm not going to worry about that. Or sometimes I don't want to eat after. I'm not going to worry about that, you know? Yeah. So it's funny because he does. So he talks about born to run in um, exercise. Oh, does Well, he kind of makes fun of it. But I mean, he there's certain things he likes. But he said when he went to he actually went to the Tarahumaran villages and stuff. Yeah. And he said they all made fun of him for getting up in the morning and running. Oh yeah, because they were like, "Why are you? What are you running for? Why well, are you because running?" Because they didn't run for exercise; they would just do it like once a year. For once a year, yes. Yeah. And he said he was like, "Well, but how do you train? Like, how do you stay at that fitness level? Because we're so inundated with the science of fitness, and it's yeah. like you have to be, you can't do more than ten percent, and it has to be this way, and it has to look this way." Yeah. And they were what he realized watching them because he's as an anthropologist, like he's like one of the, I think he's the director of the Harvard anthropology division, the department. Yeah. Yeah. So like he, he knows how to like just observe. And so what he observed was that the average in their daily life, they were walking like 10 to 12 miles a day, just taking care of goats. Yeah. And he, cause he would ask them, well, what do you do? Like, how are you, when do you run? And they're like, when I'm chasing a goat (laughs) or when I, or when it's like the one time of year that we have this religious festival Yeah, Um, Yeah. and he would run like 50 miles in one day, you know? I think Um, I got that far in the book. Actually. I do remember him talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so, but it was, I think what I'm taking from this and I'm hoping will help my extra, cause I, I really do. I have a hate love relationship where I love exercise. I love how I feel when I do it. I I love that like my friend calls it that freshly pounded feeling in your legs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where your muscles just like know that they got a lot of oxygen. Like it's a great outlet. Um and I do truly I am one of those crazy people that have convinced myself to love running. Um like you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I like I actually like lifting weights too when I get in a good rhythm with it and because it um well, I love the results so much because you get so much energy throughout the day when you do like a slow traditional circuit weight session. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, but but my the hate part for me comes with this like anxiety about it where it's like you don't just have Groundhog Day where you can do the same thing every day. And 
Yeah. How, and then I get and beat myself up about it and I get stressed out and it yeah. becomes a source of stress so quickly in my life but, um, where I have had multiple resets, like what you're talking about. Like really after multiple of the babies, I had a reset where I felt so good. And I, yeah. I literally woke up and was like, wow, like I feel great in my body. I haven't been thinking about it for weeks, Yeah, you know, but I'm in a great place. Like just naturally, that's awesome. Um, I and think then I feel like. Yeah. I do like what St. Peter did in the boat <laughs> or when he's walking on water. You're like, oh, like once he looks down and sees he's walking on water, he starts to sink. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're like, ah. I feel like that happens to me too where I'll realize, oh, wow, like I haven't been worrying about this at all. And then I start worrying about it. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, but all that to say, like, I feel like this book really helped me to like break out of that narrow mindset that you have to do the same thing over and over again to get better. Yeah. at that one thing. Like you really don't, you need variety, you need movement, you need outdoor time, you need rest, but it's not going to look the same every day. You're not going to always fall asleep at nine 30 at night and wake up at six. Right. Some right. nights you're going to wake up at one and be kind of wide awake. And then maybe right. you take a little nap the next day, or maybe you sleep harder the while you're asleep, you know? Um, so that's where I, I feel like they do tie together so well, because if you're following your gut, and, and like, right. Instead of stressing about it and you're like, Oh, today my body feels like doing this today. My body feels like eating this. Like I feel really good where I'm at and I'm just going to keep doing things that make me feel good. Um, I mean, that sounds a little bit ridiculous, but you know what I mean? That it's still that, like, you're not stressing, you're not doing it because you have a calculation that you have to adhere to. It's because you're getting mm-hmm. joy from it. You're getting joy from pain sometimes, you know, but it's, it's uh yeah, removing the the brain calculation and just the metrics. Yeah, removing the metrics, yeah. listening to your gut for conversations, for people, for eating, for working out. Like you're gonna know too if you're following your gut and you learn how to do that, you're gonna be able to pick up when you start getting into those negative patterns. Mm-hmm. You know? Cause I think that you'll like, you'll know deep down inside, okay, I'm, I'm stressing out about this again and it'll help you just figure out a way to reset. Yeah. So do you think you can do that with stuff like social media and a smartwatch? Uh, well, I guess. I this is what know. I ask myself. This is why I'm asking. Like I ask myself this, I haven't figured it out. <laughs> well, Maybe I'll try to go without my watch next week and I'll tell you if it makes a difference. Because mm. I wear my Apple watch every single day. Do you look at it though? Like do you always look at the hours of sleep and the steps and all that stuff? No. I I really just get my notifications through it and I work out on it. But I don't obsess over the calories or anything. Like I don't compare workout to workout. I'll always look at my average for my runs. And I'll just be like, okay, I finished my run. What was my pace? Cool. And then that's it. Like I don't yeah. do anything else with it. So. Yeah. I'm just trying to prepare for my like postpartum. I, I kind of think I probably need to just not be on social media for a couple months. Um, just to give myself a fighting chance of not having any anxiety about dumb stuff, not just my body, but like the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean – I uh, I think that I just mostly follow dumb accounts on Instagram and I watch people's stories. And if it's anything political, I skip past it. Mm, <laughs> so yeah. I 
That's all I do. All I do is Instagram, which makes it easier. But I've also realized I've been spending a lot of time on it. Like in between meetings, if I'm working from home, then it's just my go, you know, go to quick minute, whatever. So instead of doing that recently, my piano is right next to my desk. Mm. And so I've been playing piano instead of getting on Instagram. And I feel like that's having a really good positive impact for me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's not draining you or like, I think with Instagram, it's just, it is, it is so easy to get into comparison and then competitive. Like if you have any competitive streak, like, I think that it, especially like even the, especially the inspiring running accounts or workout accounts or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, if you're, if you're in a great place, like maybe it doesn't have any effect, but I think sometimes it can be a downer. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But yeah, every I, time I see Emma Coburn, I'm like, we're the same age and same height, and she's got the best body in the entire world, and I can't believe it. <laughs> I don't understand how those people do that. Like, I know most runners in the real world do not have bodies like that. No, I've had the same thought where I'm like, who are all these really skinny runners? Because not just skinny, like toned AF. Super and you know, they're spending so much time running. It's not like they're spending a ton of time lifting, although no. it is their whole job, right? Oh, like her job is her body. Job. I know. What a great job. <laughs> yeah. But we're not professional runners and we probably never will be. So it's okay. Yeah. No, I love I love this conversation because I feel like it's something that I'm never gonna have. I'm always gonna be working at realistically. Um it's like anything with balance. Like some days you're really balanced, some days you're not. Like I, I think that's a big the big takeaway though is like your body's not um, a, a robot. Like you can't just program it and then have it do the same thing over and over again every day. Um, and you can't live Groundhog Day. You just don't. It doesn't happen like that. One also, it's really boring. If you think about it, your life is so short. Do you want to spend it being stressed out about working out? That was well, my big I, realization too. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I realized about last year is I was like, what a boring existence I was living right. for a couple of months there where I was just, right. that was all I thought about. Same. Same. I had to work out every single day and I did. And that's what I look back on now. Yeah. But, and I think, um, yeah, like some days you're going to have a huge pancake breakfast with bacon and then the next day you just balance it out by not doing that. And it's that like, again, not Groundhog Day variety, right? Listening to your gut. I feel really full today. I'm not going to eat as much as as I ate yesterday. Mm-hmm. Cool. But. Yeah. And like, it's okay if one week you only lift weights one time yeah. or if you do, or like with running too, like that's where I have to like get out of the, I have such a narrow mindset about running where I'm either running five days a week and really, or else I convince myself that I'm going to hate it and I don't want to run. And like, why even try if I'm only going to run twice that week, you know? Oh, yeah. You're better about that, though. I feel like you, you don't always, you just do what feels good. You don't always worry about it. I do. And I just, I love being on a run. That's what Mm -hmm. I've realized, right? Like, I think it's. It's like dancing. Yeah. And it is difficult. It's very hard. You're doing something hard. But I love being on a run. And Mm -hmm. so. I always. Well, yeah, that's like, I think where people get stuck is they're like, oh, well, if I listen to what you're saying, I'm never going to work out because I'll never feel like doing it. It's not true. You just, 
you're like, okay, I know I don't feel like running the first mile right now, but I'm yeah. going to feel so great on mile three. Yeah. And I want that feeling. Yeah. And so that's what gets you out the door. It's not, it's not guilt. It doesn't have to be guilt. It doesn't have to be metrics. It, and it, it can really be, can be a feeling. Yeah. It can also be like, I feel fluffy. I'm going to go on a run, you know, where like, um, where you get uh, just like you've been on screens all day and you're like, I need to, I need to clear it out. Yeah, exactly. So, but again, that's more like, okay, I'm gaining weight. So I'm going to listen to my body and I'm going to listen to my gut and figure out like, why am I gaining weight? Or, um, you know, I don't know. I did because that's my point is it's not this do whatever you want kind of rule right? It's still being in tune with your body and listening to it and figuring out what's healthy, Mm. but it's not from a calculated metric. No, it's stopping and asking asking yourself what really feels better. Yeah. And like, is it eating three donuts or is it like, like there is like a, a, like there is a, a rewarding or satisfying feeling when you do the healthy thing. Yep. Yeah. You were made for that. But it's yeah. it's like you have to kind of stop it. It's it's not always immediate gratification. Right. Okay. I feel like we could talk about this topic forever, but I know. I do want to do a part two after I've had the baby. Yeah. <laughs> I've been living this out. But I I definitely want you to read more of exercise so we can discuss more of like what does this look like in modern life for us where it's not like this. It's like a, you know, like the balance between like the French women who don't get fat and just listen to their bodies and just walk everywhere and don't think about it. And then the American woman who's like very athletic and driven and pushing herself. Like, I think there's a balance in between the two. Yeah, Um, I agree. I totally agree. And no Um, one's talking about it. (laughs) So I'll do my homework this week. And it's sitting right there on my, on my thing. It's just kill. It's a big book. I know. It's actually not though. The um half of that book is just the uh references. Oh, okay. It's really not that long. I promise. It's like seven chapters or something. Oh, so I'm probably a third of the way through then. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. This was good. Yeah. We're back at it. Um have a have a lovely day. You too. Thank you. Did you already run? No, I didn't. I prioritized making David a breakfast sandwich this morning. Oh, nice. I know because um, I didn't make him dinner last night and he didn't eat at the party that we were at, So, which is his own fault. I was like, I'm not going to feed you. And so last night he was so mad at me because it's midnight and we're going to sleep and he's like, I didn't eat anything. I'm like, well, that's not my fault. So then this morning I slept until 8.30 and he's like, it's too late to go to original pancake house. And I was like, I'll make you a breakfast sandwich. So we did like <laughs> bacon, bagel, cheese, egg, sriracha, like massive bagel breakfast sandwich. So he's so dramatic sometimes. Yeah, he's a man for you, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sorry. You're 42. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's not you. It's COVID. COVID took like a whole year out of our lives. So it's so hard to remember. Like, was he 41 last year? Or was he 40? <laughs> I know. I, I met this girl over the summer, Mara, and um, I saw her last night and she was saying something about how I was 30. And I was like, I'm 31. And she's like, did you have a birthday recently? I'm like, no. 
in March and I've only known her for six weeks. I'm like, I probably told her I was 30 when I first met her. Like I forgot how old I was. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I'm 30. <laughs> I thought, yeah, no, it's, it's happened multiple times where I'm like, oh, this happened a year ago. And they're like, no, that was two years ago. It's like, oh. yeah. Oh, wow. But I know we're on the cusp of it again. I know it's stressful again. It's okay. Got to get through yeah. it. We're just find ways to not stress, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That'll be good. Okay. I really could talk to you all day long, but this is the longest podcast, so we have to cut it off. Love y'all. Talk to you next week. Love you too. Bye.